here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. You're still tuned in to The Talking Point and we're leading the conversation on uh, SAFM this morning. And we're going to be focusing now on SMMEs and uh, just the alternative lending sector and the potential that it has for uh, supporting SMMEs during this period. We're joined by Ryan Cohen. He's the co-founder and chief relationship officer at Merchant Capital. Ryan, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners. Look, you know the one thing that is becoming undeniable is the extent to which small and medium enterprises are really at the heart of um, this country's economy. And if anything, we don't need less uh, companies. We need more companies in order uh, to get South Africa out of the economic growth rut that it has been stuck in. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really, really good point. So, I mean, I think the question is really what should uh, what should entrepreneurs be looking out for mm. uh, when when looking to grow their uh, when looking to grow their business and uh, and, and when selecting um, a um, an alternative lender to help them do so. So, I think for me, there's a couple of things, Kathy. I think there's a there's a big responsibility on the entrepreneur uh, to do homework on uh, on, on different um, lending solutions that exist out there in the market. Uh, it's important that the funding solution selected matches what the um, what the SME is um, is looking to do with the cash. So, in other words, what type of funding is the business owner in need of? Um, and there are a number of sources that uh, that, that can be recommended um, in order to um, start the process. So, what I like to do is um, I, like thinking about it. I think a um, a trusted advisor, like an accountant. Um, who works with the SME in their business um, is a good place for the uh, business owner to start uh, their initial research. What I also find is that entrepreneurs um, are generally connected to other entrepreneurs. So they're a great source um, for them to, um, to start the process and kind of go, what have you done in your business in order to get funding um, when you need it? Um, a, a business owner is also um, able to, to speak to their traditional banker. The good bankers uh, will know where to refer um, a, um, an entrepreneur if they're unable to help. In our business, what we've seen is um, that uh, with the partnership that we have with, um, with Standard Bank, when Standard Bank can't assist, what they will do is they'll refer the entrepreneur to us and hopefully we can assist. Um, then what, the, then what entrepreneurs can also do is they can speak to um, or look up SASFA, which is a regulatory body um, where small or the South African Small Business Finance Association, um, where all member lenders need to meet a certain uh, credibility construct. Um, and then it's very important for guys to do, uh, to do desktop research and double check um, that the people that they are going to be dealing with um, are, in fact, um, are in fact credible. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, and and Ryan, just before you continue, what mm. is alternative lending? Right. So so alternative lending. Um, so so alternative lending is it's really lending outside of the um, the, the traditional financing um, ecosystem. So in South Africa, um, there is an SME funding gap 
estimated at around 350 billion rand. Um, unlike developed markets like the US and Europe, alternative finance in SA is really still in its infancy. Um, even though alternative lenders like ourselves have made a meaningful stride um, penetrating the SME market, there's still a significant amount of work for us to do. Um, and this requires um, education and awareness. Like, I always like to say that alternative funding solutions are they additive uh, to traditional options available via banks. Um, but SMEs as a sector are often deemed a more risky segment um, and therefore often overlooked by uh, traditional financing institutions. And the key reason for this, and I mean, I am generalizing here, is that SMEs uh, may lack um, sufficient cash reserves um, or don't necessarily have the assets required by traditional lending institutions to put up a security. And Ryan, when it comes to the big questions or the key questions even that SMEs should be asking themselves before um, they go out seeking funding, do you find that often they're just a pattern of questions that uh, some entrepreneurs have not been able to answer? And so even when they do get funding, it doesn't necessarily lead to the sustainability of their businesses. Yeah, um so yeah, I mean, I think I think what you do have is there are um, there are common mistakes that uh, that SMMEs make. Um, so I think the it's like getting ahead of themselves. So the, what, what what may tend to happen is that um, an SME may make big purchases too early on in their business. So I mean, if you think about it, when you start a business, um, I mean, you're you're fired up, you're excited, mm. uh, you you want to invest in new technology get best-in-class software, buy the fanciest equipment, build the, um, the, the, the most innovative website. But all of this comes at a huge cost. Uh, so for me, what is very important is to make sure that they're in the initial stages, you make do with, um, with the bare minimum and bootstrap, and then you accumulate disposable cash over time. And then when you do have the cash flow reserve, um, you have the ability to... Um, you have the ability to, to make those purchases. I think also um, some other common mistakes, Kathy, uh, SMEs may not necessarily focus um, too carefully on, um, on their cash flow. So you need to stay on top of things. Uh, you've got to continuously uh, monitor cash flow, track expenses, analyze sales, accounts receivable and other shortfalls. Um, I think also... Another point that, uh, that I was thinking about is uh, it's important to pay attention to interest rates and other charges. Um, and I think that kind of feeds into our discussion around, um, around alternative lending, et cetera. It's a smart move for the, uh, for the business owner to do meaningful research. Um, what are the cost implications of, um, of this? And have I budgeted sufficiently well for, um, for time perhaps um, do I have enough cash reserves when there's a rainy day? So what happens when uh, what, one, what happens when there is lockdown, as an example, um, and um, the business isn't generating cash and still needs to pay salaries and rent and and the like? So um, I think there's a there's a range of considerations that a um, that an SME need to um, need, need to take into consideration when they are um, thinking about. Um, when they're thinking about um, taking on um, and applying for funding. 
And Ryan, do you find that there are specific sectors that are more likely to get funding given uh, some of the projections that perhaps there may be around growth in those sectors going into the future? Yeah, I think uh, um, I think that's a really good question. So, I mean, our business, I mean, we work across the SME continuum, um, but a core focus within our business is, um, is, is the retail sector. Um, coming out of COVID um, or in COVID, um, we saw certain sectors that were significantly um, um, hit by COVID and the impact it had on their businesses. Um, but what we're seeing now is, is um, with sentiment shifting in the country, um, COVID rates being down, uh, we, we, we're getting a plethora of applications in the, um, in the restaurant and hospitality sector. Um, I think what's starting to happen is people are starting to go, um, we need to get back to business. Um, you've got festive season coming up. Um, and uh, I think if I think about the way our product works, what's really nice is it's quick, easy, simple. Um, but the underlying key benefit is the fact that repayment of the facility fluctuates in line with how the business turns over. So let me explain in a little bit more detail. If business is good and turnover is high, which typically happens over the festive season, uh, repayments to us um, are, are quicker. Conversely, Let's say, as an example, uh, there, is a, um, there, there, there is another wave and, um, and heaven forbid there's another lockdown, um, but uh, businesses are forced to close. When businesses close, the repayments to us cease and the term is extended without any additional costs that are levied onto the customer. So it's quite, a reassuring, um, it's quite reassuring for the customer. In additional, um, in additional um, uh, industries, so we, do, we, we at the moment are doing a lot of work in fuel retail. We're doing a lot of work in, um, in hardware and building. Many a man took on some DIY home projects uh, during, um, during COVID, uh, myself being one of them. And just chatting to my local builder um, does have, have highlighted the fact that that, that business is booming. But then when you, 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 you look across uh, the, um, the full professional services, um, the full professional services gambit, um, mm. people need cash because they need to continue um, doing business. So when you are evaluating some of the applications that land either through your website or are sent through to your office, what are you looking at as key markers of what a bankable idea is? So you talk about the increase of people that want to, um, you know, start restaurants, given the fact that the economy is opening up again. But what makes you decide on restaurant idea A versus restaurant idea B? That's a great, that's a great question, Kathy. So we don't fund startups. We fund businesses that have got a trading history of a minimum of 12 months. And what we look at is we look at historical turnover patterns as a predictor of future, obviously now taking the nuances of, um, of COVID into consideration. When we are assessing a business, uh, we look at alternative data points um, in addition to, um, in addition to um, personal credit detail. But what we don't look at is uh, we don't need audited financials and we don't require, um, we don't require security. 
So really the, the key documentation that we look at are, um, are credit card statements and bank statements. Um, we need a lease agreement. Um, and, uh, and those three data points together with some um, personal credit um, detail uh, give us the ingredients that we need to, um, to underwrite process and fund a deal. And that typically happens uh, from cradle to grave in under 48 hours. Mm. And, and Ryan, tell us a bit more about the businesses that you have been able to assist since inception. So we have, uh, the business is now, we're going into year nine. Um, since inception, we funded uh, just over 11,000 businesses and deployed just under 3 billion rand. Um, business started primarily funding into the retail sector. So that is um, a, a lot of franchise business um, across the um, restaurant and hospitality, um, hardware and building, um, automotive, um, hair and beauty. Um, we do lots of work um, in veterinary and pet and the likes. But what's interesting and has happened is that through COVID, there's been some, um, some, some opportunistic development, and uh, we have actually moved into, um, into healthcare, um, and we, uh, we, we've launched um, two strategic partnerships, one where we, um, where we offer um, a working capital solution to all the discovery doctors, um, as well as a working capital solution that we offer to all the Ultron health tech doctors. And the way the product works is very similar to our uh, traditional lending solution where we lend against future debit and credit card turnover. But in this product, we are lending against future uh, medical aid remittances. Um, and it's been a very, very interesting journey um, learning about the, um, the fascinating um, healthcare sector, um, which in South Africa is a uh, is incredibly sophisticated and robust. Mm. And I, w- I would imagine that a lot of uh, these decisions in terms of the direction that you're taking have also been informed by just the last 18 months that, that we've been through as a country, but but collectively as a, a, as a globe. And, you know, it, it makes me think about what the businesses that, you know, that you found suffered the most under COVID-19 have been and, and how did you respond to, to those challenges that businesses were, fail, were facing? Yeah, Kathy, it was, uh, it, 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 was a, it was a tumultuous time. Um, what we did when, um, when, when COVID uh, first came in is obviously there was a delineation of our portfolio between two kinds of businesses, um, those that were deemed essential and those that were deemed non-essential. So any non-essential business, uh, we put a uh, we put a hold on any of their repayments, um, and um, it uh, it really put the um, it really put the pay as you trade construct, which our business is built on, to the test. Um, and I'm very glad to say that um, it uh, it stood up to it. And I think the uh, the goodwill that we got from our customer base um, has been phenomenal. Um, and I think what it what's been testament to that is. A lot of the customers who um, who we helped over that time um, are now um, they are uh, they've come back for more funds and we've got a, a metric in our business which we focus on intensely so which is referrals um, and as a result of the way that we dealt COVID I would like to think um, contributed to a, a, a nice uptick in the uh, in the referral metric in our business. 
Really fascinating indeed. Ryan Cohen is uh, the co-founder and chief relationship officer at Merchant Bank. And Ryan, perhaps just before I let you go, how do people get in touch with uh, an organization like yours? Uh, Kathy, they can go to uh, to our website, which is uh, www.merchantcapital.co.za, uh, or they can contact 011-217-2880. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Ryan. It's been a real pleasure uh, being in conversation with you. And, you know, I wonder, especially if you are a, a, a small business, um, you, how have you thought about reinventing and reimagining the future after COVID has struck, I know that some people, you know, have decided to close their businesses in, in specific centers, sectors rather, because they feel like, well, I'm clearly not an essential list. I'm clearly not on the in essential services list. So my next business is actually going to be geared to ensure that the next time there's a lockdown, I don't have to. Uh, feel the impact of that lockdown as severely as I have. And that's just part of the rethinking and the reshaping um, that some people are doing.